Welcome, bienvenue, to this Fantasy Tools pod special. Today we're going to discuss the world of Philip Pullman. Are we starting with the episode or the book? I think we're starting with the episode. Okay. I'm still coming in pretty hot from this. I mean, it was it was All two right. days ago, but still pretty hot. Still opinions here. Uh, starting with, you know it's an HBO sh- show because of just how dark it was. <laughs> it was. It was rather dark. <laughs> this is, you, you could not watch this show during the day. Visuals, I think they have nailed the philip pullman world Ooh, interesting that's a that's an interesting take i it's i feel like i just still tbd i think i i okay i should be careful i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent sure that i saw enough to call the fight but they're clearly going in the right direction okay you know all right they've nailed in my opinion in episode one britain with a y much better than (laughs) nicole kidman's world yeah no, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> that was right. James McAvoy as Lord Azrael feels just fine, but like Nicole, I had not realized how impactful Nicole Kidman was in that role. I I think the literal right. I would take Lord uh, McAvoy as Lord Azrael makes a little bit more sense. He's a little bit too. Um, he's still a little bit too cuddly. He's trying to put put something on. When he's being, you know, mean. Yeah. It feels like. Which makes him overly mean. I don't know. Whereas Daniel Craig just was perfect for Lord Azriel, <laughs> even though the movie sucked. Same thing for Nicole Kidman. I think I just I mean, in reading the books, golden haired, golden haired, blonde. Uh I thought that there was a good amount of Scottish representation <laughs> in the episode. Like there were there's some good Scottish accents, I thought. I would have liked McAvoy to have kept his real accent. He was hiding it, but not super well, I think. Totally. No, n- yeah, not as much as other venues. Yeah. This isn't like a, yeah. Yeah. No, wasn't the silver screen. That's true. That's true. I was, I was into, I was into it. I, I think, I don't know, good representation. You're at such an advantage listening to these people in their native tongues. Oh, yeah that i am like so behind it's like oh boy okay we have to get back into english accents yeah okay, no I, I can do this i have i have no problem so the thing that i did have trouble i did i did feel we already touched on this a little bit but just to hit it more explicitly i spent a lot of time wondering about you know like shot for shot remakes of the daniel craig nicole kidman movie do you remember i don't really remember that quite as well as <laughs> not you know, but but I think my point is more that I was thinking about this as updated source material from that movie as opposed to updated source material from the book. Oh. Like, I wasn't coming at it from a pure book place. Hmm. Understood. Yeah, no, I, and, okay, I was thinking that, I was thinking something similar, which is, I'm in a really good spot for watching this. And, like, my mind is a little bit primed from reading these books. But I haven't read these books. No. In a long time. Yep. Yep. I think think that's sort of what I was was getting at. And this show feels like it would be impossible without being very familiar with the books. Mm Mm-hmm. No, this is for... 
this really does feel like it's for um, book readers. Which is interesting because it, it's that's more true than Game of Thrones. It became that way. I still think, I mean, obviously neither of us, well, I don't know. We, we both started the series without having read the books. I think that the first season of the show was done. It, I mean, the first season of Game of Thrones is a masterpiece because it's able to both, it's doing a, you know, really close reading of the book, making some shortcuts, you know, as necessary, which like, I feel like they make total sense, shows you how involved George was. And then from there, it becomes a parody of that first season. So it builds off of that instead of going back to the the books, I feel like. This does feel a little bit more like, you know, with that very quick, like, couple of sentences. It's like, in this world, there are demons. Yeah, exactly. Demons, sorry. And, And it feels like it's like, warning, if you can't follow this right now, you're out. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> right. I think, I guess you could watch it as a show, but the you you have to have read the books to appreciate the world building. I mean, this is the stuff that we talk about. This is stuff that we talked about, that we've talked about in book club so far, which is like, you have to be able to get in the mindset of how it would feel to be, have your soul be a separate animal that's following you around. Like, and it's, and we may as well segue into talking about the book. It's it's the chapters that we read, which admittedly is a lot of chapters to talk about, really hinge on understanding the demon connection. Right. And the this, I mean, I think it makes more, it's making more sense why we had that first um, La Belle Sauvage Agreed. book. Because that sort of fleshed out some of the things that we uh he's he's clearly thought about since finishing amber spyglass yeah and then also reminding everybody of the world and um banging home some of the things that were kind of shown not told in his dark materials oh yeah he's being like okay I remember I showed you this when you were a child and read these other books. We're getting told repeatedly. I mean, yeah. I sort of felt like, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting thing to see to see Roger on the screen and then read in the book, like, remember when Roger died? Like, ah. Love it. <laughs> like, yep, oh, exactly. ouch. <laughs> ah. Remember when Roger held a dead rat to himself because he wanted it to be his soul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like, I do. And now I now I'm gonna remember to look forward to that. I know okay. it's like, I know I feel like I I am getting some some pretty pretty serious foreshadowing in this from reading. Really the book. working back. What's amazing is sometimes you like work. Um, you, my own mental images are still there from when I first read the books, mm. and seeing which is stuff is is from the movie or is from the um, the mental image that I had when I was 14. Yeah, was that's that's very true. So things things that there's a lot of things first of all I like the books. First things first. How glad are you that we read three more chapters? I mean it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole lot of book to discuss, man. <laughs> but but those those three chapters I mean chapters 21 and 22, Capture and Flight and Assassination of the Patriarch are like hugely impactful like 
pivot points in the book. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, this, uh, the assassination of the patriarch. What a great chapter title. I assume that's what you were, <laughs> what you wrote down here in our outline for. I was thinking it the whole yeah. time. Furnace Man. I mean, yeah. all of these are just... well. So the the reason I wrote down chapter titles in there is because at the end of every chapter, it's perfectly obvious why the chapter was titled that. And very rarely is it clear beforehand. Bingo. Bingo. And I just I just really appreciated that in the the chapters that we read this time. Yeah, which is something that I would aspire to in the naming of the podcast, but you know, not quite, not quite as good as Phil. I think I think we're doing okay though. I mean, I think you know people don't understand. Well, maybe they don't understand at the end either why we named some of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> that might be the that might be the trick. Uh, no, it's more like Eric. You pulled out a great pithy comment that was mentioned in the podcast. Yeah, but that's sort of the point. I mean, that's it's not completely different from what Philip Pullman's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have a favorite chapter of 11 to 23? I found myself a little bit more interested in the um, Pan Bonneville side of mm. things than the Lyra side of things or the Malcolm side of things. I don't find the Lyra side very compelling right now at all, actually. Even, I mean... I was most intrigued by the sorcerer, the I mean the furnace man chapter. Oh, that was wild! Because it, totally yeah, because wild. it was so wild. Because it it was like, what is going on here? And I I the Malcolm stuff I was more okay with because I thought that was where we really did see the through lines to La Belle Sauvage. Yes, right. And you're like, it's still this this prequel is still sort of his story. Mm-hmm. It feels like. But yeah, I kind of, I'm very interested to, I still am unsure whether Bonneville is bad or good and Mm. whether his, or whether he fits into this because his um, mission is to get revenge for his father or whether he's, you know, or whether he might be an agent, you know, who's an agent of good evil or something in between that has an effect on both sides i think bonneville's a nicely is a really nicely complex character and i do appreciate that delamere has some depth to him as well he's not just mm-hmm. evil for evil's sake i mean he he, he has a good bond though he has an element of that for sure and then i i sort of appreciate i sort of appreciate that pullman really telegraphs like that he's he's also just wrong about Lyra's role in his sister's death. <laughs> oh, right. Yep. Yeah. But I think part of the reason I think we get to in chapter 23, why we're not totally in on Lyra, which is that Phil is trying to show us how it is her fault, how she has been. Um, and when she has her sobbing on the boat scene... I think we are getting to that point, and I'm optimistic that the last 10 chapters, she might be more of a sympathetic character. Because I really, I mean, I really liked her as a character and admired her as a character in His Dark Materials. And she is not as likable right now. Yeah. Sympathetic. Yeah, I I agree with that. I Yeah, okay, maybe she... 
maybe she's going to make a pivot to it. How do you feel about knowing what the secret commonwealth is? I'm getting happier. I, I. That's a bit of the, <sighs> he showed, didn't tell, and now he's like, let me tell you to make sure we're on the same page. Well, I appreciate that, I appreciate that it's not clear to every character yet. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the multiple storyline way that he's telling this? A little more Game of Thronesy, right? Because mm-hmm. it used to be it was like two with like one. Yeah. Other was it? I don't know. I, I think that's the way it is. Um, little, little bouncy. I'm getting used to it. You know, three hundred pages in. I think it's interesting that he that the bounce. I because of my mostly tying this to Game of Thrones, it's interesting that the bouncing happens within chapters. I, yeah, that is that's a little bit like, harder. Like Game of Thrones was so clearly delineated. Like, okay, now we're switching yeah. gears. We're doing this now. It was far rarer that you had two perspectives in a chapter. That's right. And so but now we're getting two, three. I mean, you're getting updates on all all of the Switching characters. perspectives within, like, a page. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I sort of get it. I Part of, like, I think I trust pulling enough to know that that the timelines are happening all at the same time and like if it was another author i might worry that like ooh, are we kind of ahead in one of these stories as opposed to yeah like, are we gonna like find out that this was happening a month ago <laughs> yeah no he's i think he is pretty much everyone's on the same timeline yeah so he's just trying to keep us all updated on that okay so we we're gonna finish this book for next week and we're gonna watch the next episode that's right how many episodes are in this season I thought it was 10, it 10, but maybe that's just... I just assumed it. Wow, whole episode with no Lin-Manuel. Eight. Only eight. Okay. All right. Yikes. It says that U.S. viewers were 0.424 million. 0.424? Wow. 0.424. So nobody's watching this show. Uh-oh. That, well, yeah, they don't have UK. I think it's aimed more at the UK. Uh, I mean, reading the UK media, there was not a lot. I mean, there was not way, a lot more, way more Game of Thrones coverage. There's not a lot out there. Okay, well, let's hope things change let's hope things change indeed i kind of feel like if you weren't impatiently waiting for it though you're not just gonna like go to the hbo homepage and be like his dark materials i should give this a shot they didn't do that on hbo they didn't really they didn't do that much lead 